Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding their purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Are you believing for a financial breakthrough in your business this year? One year ago, wedding photographers, best friends, and business partners, Gina Esposito and Sheena Meekins, certainly were. They had recently formed a new partnership together and were trying to break into the competitive markets of New York City and destination weddings. Though they had each been successful in the past in their respective careers, the road ahead looked uncertain. Just one year later, their business has grown beyond even their most ambitious expectations. In today's episode, we'll talk to them about what they did to rebuild their business, how they learned to trust God in new ways during lean times, and their advice for other entrepreneurs who are believing for a big breakthrough in their business in the year ahead. I sat down with Gina and Sheena in early December, and since we originally recorded this episode, they have rebranded their company as Ane Atelier. In just a moment, we'll meet Sheena and Gina, but first, I want to remind you that you can hear all episodes of the Your Purpose is Calling podcast when you subscribe on iTunes, and consider leaving us a review. You can access show notes from today's episode, watch video interviews, and subscribe to the blog at dawnsadler.com. And now, let's meet Sheena and Gina. Hi, Gina. Hi, Sheena. Welcome to the show. Hey, Don. Thanks for having us. Hi, Don. Today, we are going to talk about the last year in your business. And we all met about a year ago, um, and the success story that you've experienced in the last year has been phenomenal. And I'm so excited to have you on the show because I know there's so many people who are ready to make this the year, right? They're ready, whether it's a business or a career or just something that they really are pressing pressing forward on. Um, We just really want to inspire them. And um, so I am really excited about today's show. So let's just start with um, telling our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, Well, uh, my name is Gina, and I am the founder and now co-owner of Gina Esposito, Inc., which is also referred to to as Gina Esposito Photography. Yep. Um, I have been in the wedding industry taking photos for about the past 14 years. Um, The last seven years, I've been self-employed, starting my own business, shooting um, from my initial year in business about 90 weddings to uh, leveling off nicely to anywhere between 40 and 50 weddings a year now. Um, and that's pretty much been my uh, my whole career. So I got in when I was 19, and I've been in it ever since. Wow. And Sheena, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, my name is Sheena Meekins. Uh, I am best friends and business partners with Gina Esposito. Um, together we run Gina Esposito Photography. Um, and prior to that, I actually worked for eight years in the magazine industry, um, where my last position was as integrated marketing director for Teen Vogue. Um, it was honestly one of the best experiences of my entire life. Um, I loved it. It was an incredible industry to be in, um, but it was, I knew it had an expiration date for me. I knew the Lord had something else after. Um, And so I was really prayerful for about two years before uh, leaving the industry about what was next for me. Um, And just, you know, really started to feel like he was telling Gina and I that we were to be business partners, something we prayed about for a long time before. Um, And once he, you know, showed us that it was it was right for us to be business partners. We took time to um, just wait for him to tell me when was the right time to leave my former career. 
Um, so I did that, took a small sabbatical, and then we just took off, woke up one day and decided, okay, today's a day we're business partners and took off and ran from there. Yeah. Um, and just a little bragging rights on Sheena. She was actually awarded uh, Marketer of the Year twice at Teen Vogue. So um, so humble she had a really, humble yeah, humble brag. <laughs> but I did it for you, so it's okay. Um, so uh, just to give our listeners a little bit of context about what was happening. So um, Sheena, as you mentioned, you left your position as Teen Teen Vogue to go into partnership with Gina. Mm -hmm. um, Gina, you'd been running this business forever on your own. So that was one big shift. But then there was a second big shift in that you, um, Gina, had been doing all of your career on Long Island and you wanted to shift to here in New York City yeah. and more destination weddings. So you guys made two seismic shifts at the same time. Tell me about making that leap and how did that feel at the time? Um, well, I will say that, you know, I think we, we knew it was time for change. Um, we had both reached a point individually in our careers before we came together and, um, as partners, Gina was really, uh, burning out on, I think running the business yeah. all her by herself, um, for years. Uh, at the same time I was just burning out in my other career and just ready for what was next. So at the time that I was prayerful about, okay, Lord, tell me when it's time to, to leave my career. Um, he had actually told Gina to stop accepting weddings. Um, so mm. there was a good, what, six to eight month period yeah. or so, yeah. um, where she, you know, totally just sent, sent business away, stopped taking it. Cause I think the Lord, you know, had really told her that he's going to just start her fresh, um, and start by just pruning it in that Which way. wasn't scary at all. Like didn't, <laughs> I was totally fine when you told me that. I was like, no problem. Good. No more income. Awesome. So yeah, that we were, we were fine with that. Yeah. Well, Not I, yeah, it's, it's a, it takes a lot of obedience, I think, to, to not see what's next and to still uh, send business away, knowing yeah. that you know you're being obedient to what he said, like it's it's all going to stop. And I think now looking back, we we know that he was saying, okay, it stops here because when it starts fresh, it's going to start with both of us and with yeah. both of our brains and with the weight on both of our shoulders yeah. and and his all three of our shoulders. Yeah. Um, and that that was going to shift. So I think you know him knowing that okay, we're stop we're stopping it here and it's going to be a brand new start. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's great. No, I think that's great. I think that what we were talking about is just um, how that felt. Because I know that when we um, first all met a year ago, um, it, there was sort of a, a period of time where you were like, I, you know, I don't know how this is going to go. We've got some weddings. Um, obviously, both of you used to being super successful. So to have this season where you're like, you know what, our schedule actually isn't booked right now. And that's freaking me out a little bit. Um, and you're both tremendous women of faith as well. And so just how did you pray through that time? Like, what was your prayer life like at that time? What were some of the promises that you held on to? And like, what did you actually do in that time? I think we probably um, fasted and sought the Lord probably more than we ever have. Because yeah. I think leaving, you know, the mothership of um, Condé Nast with, uh, with Sheen, I think that was huge to... Yeah. Yeah lose the security of a, a weekly and a monthly paycheck and benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, um, you know, I had a dwindling savings account that I was living off of um, yeah. as I was approaching my last wedding. And so I kind of was doing the whole like, come on, God, like we're, yeah. you know, we're coming out of the wire here. And so it was definitely scary, but I think um, it was probably the time in my life that I felt closest to the Lord because I 
had been so accustomed to providing for myself, especially financially, given the success that I, because of the favor that I had reached so quickly. Yeah. Um, so I was very secure and felt very stable in the finances I had. And then watching the bank account kind of go down and being thankful that I had a nest egg, but still watching it deplete rapidly um, was really scary for me. And so I think I was like, okay, God, like, you know, you said you'd meet me, so yeah. here we go. Like, you know, we're jumping without a parachute. And, yeah. you know, yeah. you said you'd catch me, so let's do this. But yeah. it was, I think it was definitely scary. But for the most part, they're, as scary as it was, there was still a really overwhelming peace. Yeah. Um, side note, my family thought I was absolutely crazy. Yeah. They did not yeah. know why I was giving up a thriving, successful business, um, making six figures a year. Yeah. Um, well, especially when she was turning business away and you know, them not knowing exactly what it was going to look like afterwards. And they were, and yeah, they looked at you like you were crazy. My, yeah. my friends, my family, I think they all thought I was crazy. Why are you getting, why are you giving this away? Like you're doing so well, you've made such a great name for yourself. Why do you? And I just felt, kept feeling like, well, there's more, there's more, you know, and I, I love my home. I love Long Island. Um, and you know, I never really honestly thought I'd leave. Um, yeah. but I did want to, um, achieve, uh, greater success for myself. I did want to push myself. It was getting very mundane and boring and I was getting burnt out and needed help. And Sheen was in the same situation where it was very long hours, very tedious. She was getting burnt out um, with very little yeah. rest. And so we just kind of teamed up and God told us in a really elaborate way that we were supposed to be business partners. Um, and we just didn't know how yet. Um, so I, I think with the lag time that we had from, from you know, the Lord telling Gina to stop accepting business to the time where we started up again, it really was not just picking up and moving into a new market, which of course, you know, when your business is almost entirely run on word of mouth, to pick up from the market where you have that word of mouth and move to a new market, um, considering that and considering the fact that Gina stopped accepting business, um, it, it was really like starting fresh, like starting yeah. with, with no weddings on the books. Um, so that was scary a little bit because you know, you book weddings so far in advance, usually it's a year out or 18 months out that you're sometimes two years out that you're booking. So, you know, to, to book things knowing that there's going to be a lag time and where you're seeing yeah. a lot of those finances coming in um, definitely required a lot of faith on us. But it was something where, you know, the Lord, we saw once we were getting into it that the Lord had already provided for us. And he, it was something I didn't even realize until the time that he had given me a little bit of a nest egg that I never had before yeah. that I was going to need to, to live on in that lag time in between, you know, start restarting the business, replanting it in New York city. So Gina had something that he already given her to exist on. Same for me. Um, and, uh, I think that was really scary. Also, it was hard for me shifting from, you know, again, being a, an employee of a corporation where I used to pay yeah. checks every two weeks to, um, entering into like an entrepreneurial lifestyle where, um, you know, as we were replanting the business and, and getting that foundation down, it was, you know, it was hard for me to, to not have to put too much emphasis on, okay, I don't know how much money I'm going to make in the next year or, um, okay, you've got enough for the next X, Y, Z months and just trusting that, you know, he brought me here for a reason. He brought us here for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, he's not gonna. He's not gonna leave us. And so, if all I can see is what I have provision for for the next two or three months, um, then that's okay. And if, you know, I had if that's all I can look towards, then you know I will keep my head down and keep focused on today and right now and know that he's gonna provide. And it took me having to, you know, not um, how how to I guess learn how to not look too far in advance. Um, 
I'm not saying that's, yeah. You know, you have to be very no. dependent yeah. the day-to-day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And don't you think that, um, I often refer to, I think that there's something about being an entrepreneur, I often refer to it as sacred space because you have to rely on God mm-hmm. so much more. I think yeah. that when you're in corporate life, it's easy to say, oh, the paycheck's coming or something's not happening, it's the boss's fault or my mm-hmm. coworker's fault. And then, um, but as an entrepreneur, you actually had one of the most brilliant analogies I've ever heard about this, um, about the runner and the race. Tell us about, tell us that analogy. Um, so I had felt like coming from, you know, I started work at Time Inc. about two weeks after I graduated from college. Um, so I went from Time Inc. to Condé Nast and had my eight-year career always as part of a, a larger corporation. Um, and going from that life to an entrepreneurial life felt like... Um, being a runner in a race um, where you are in this massive arena and you've got entire crowds of thousands of people cheering for you and you um, have a lane to run in and you've got a jersey for a team and you've got your team colors and you know who you're there representing. Um, and you know, you're, you're running your race and you've got other people alongside of you, um, your coworkers or your colleagues or your competitors or whoever. And um, you can gauge how fast you're going based on how fast they're going. And at the end of the race, you know, you, someone gives you your time and they give you um, a medal and you know how you place. And there's just all this structure. Um, and going from that life to an entrepreneurial life felt like, you know, uh, being a runner who's sent out into the wild and the Lord's like, okay, go run. Yeah. And you're like, well, where's my lane? <laughs> where's right. my jersey? Where are my team colors? Right. Um, what's my, what's my time going to be? How far am I running? Yeah. You know, who's running next to me? There's just, there's all these things where, um, it, it feels like, you know, you're, you're just running and you have to learn, um, to set your own mile markers. You have to learn to cheer yourself on because you're not in front of a crowd. You have to learn what your boundaries are, where your lane is. Um, you know, how to push yourself when there isn't someone running in your peripheral. Yeah. You know, how to, how to run faster, even though, you know, you may not be able to see if you're beating the guy next to you or, you know, that's. Yeah. So often you don't realize that's how you're gauging your success yeah. until you're in, you feel like you're by yourself running in a field. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that for me was a huge adjustment. Just letting go of that structure of corporate life um, for entrepreneurial life took a while to get used to. So I want to fast forward. So um, I think that's brilliant. So one of the things that I really respect about, um, about you guys and what I've really enjoyed watching is that you were in this place and things were uncertain and you are feeling that sort of day-to-day provision more than you probably have maybe ever, but certainly for years and years. Um, And a lot of people, I think, in that place would get analysis paralysis, or they would just start to have that fear and that doubt kind of well up, and they would feel like they couldn't really move. And sometimes people say, I'm just going to wait for God to give me a word, or there's all kinds of ways that people handle that that being in that position. Um, But what I think was so great about your story is that you guys just put out as much work as you could. You connected with as many people as you could. You did not stay there. You did not stay in one place during that time. So tell us a little bit more about how you approached that. Well, I think, um, well, first of all, I think Jesus was really, really clear um, as far as telling us we were to be business partners. So I think I, especially I think we both had a really sure footing that okay, we're supposed to be in this together, whatever this is. Um, And then about, I want to say maybe, I don't know, a month into really hearing from the Lord, knowing we're supposed to be business partners, um, I had really felt strongly the whole time up into there that I was supposed to lay down my business and Mm -hmm. stop accepting weddings. Um, And then he was very, very clear to me and and said, I am pruning your business. Mm 
Mm. Um, whereas this whole time I thought I was laying it down, I thought I was giving it up, but he basically had said, I'm, I'm pruning it back. And so when I had just continued to do more research, you know, the basic is, you know, all pruning it back and means cutting off some leaves, cutting off some twigs. And you think of gardening right away. Um, yeah. but there are instances of severe pruning where they literally cut it down like to the ground level. Like mm. it's not even a stump. It's just flush with the, it's flush with the dirt. And so I'm like, well, that I could relate to that. <laughs> like, that feels, <laughs> kind of feels like what I'm going through right now. Yeah. Um, but I think once we kind of got it together and it took a few months to a couple of months, maybe one or two months after that, that we both kind of reevaluated and we said, okay, well, what are the tools he's given us right now? Yeah. Um, we kept asking him, what is the specific thing you want to do? What is the specific? And we kept not hearing anything. It was radio silent. Just in yeah. one ear. It was, the Lord was like, he was so vocal in like all of the steps up into being, becoming business partners. And then the second we were like, okay, we're ready. Let's do this to become business partners. It just went radio silent. We're like, okay, God, we're here. We're ready. And it's like crickets. crickets. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I said, we're ready. We're here. We're starting. Yeah. And it was just no, crickets for a long time. And it, it's, it was kind of cool. It was, a, it was a real test of faith because um, we, you know, I think we had heard so much from him in the, throughout the process of, yeah. of leaving and right before starting that by the time we started, um, I think we expected that to continue. Mm -hmm. And when it didn't, we were like thinking he was going to give us strategy, give us this, give us yeah. that. And it was like, no, you girls got it. And um, so when it came to strategy, I think it was, we were, honestly, we were just, there was no roadmap. There's yeah. no roadmap. You just you're you're doing the best you can to to go to events and to make connections and to you know first we built all of our collateral that we needed and then mm -hmm. um, we just started trying different things, different events, different ways to meet people, different ways to connect, different ways to to network, different ways to introduce ourselves to people. And for a long time, it felt like we were just kind of shooting in the dark. But it was cool because the Lord almost showed us things that like things that we did would provide would uh, produce fruit maybe months after the fact where we mm. thought okay we did this thing and nothing came of it yeah and there was later. there was almost always with a lot a of things yeah there was almost always a return that would happen later even if it's in the smallest way or the way yeah. we didn't expect so, almost everything produced fruit and I think like even you know when we were getting to just kind of really getting frustrated that we weren't hearing I you know, I think most people, and I certainly expect very logical answers of, yeah. as far as like, okay, where's the roadmap? You know, when you're looking at a map and it's saying, turn right here, turn left here, and 300 feet, you're going to approach, you know, there's a cop on the side of the road or something with, you know, with all the maps we have now. But um, I felt like the Lord really gave me an analogy of, you know, you have to stop thinking in terms of, of a roadmap because everyone think a lot of people think in terms of roadmap, and I did, but he said, I'm not leading you by a roadmap, I'm leading you by a treasure map. And they're both maps, uh, how to get someplace, but they're all both very, very different. And a roadmap is something very, very specific, and it tells you how many feet and where you turn and how long that road is, where a treasure map is something that's much more subjective. Mm -hmm. And you have to figure things out, and there's little clues, and you have to keep going and following. And so whereas a roadmap is something sure, a treasure map is something... Um, uh, Abstract. Abstract. Yeah, like yeah, it's much more subjective, and it's something that um, you have to think a little bit more about. Um, but they both lead you to the same place. So I felt like we were very much following a treasure map instead of a road map. Um, and I felt like as as we were going, when we got to kind of like, we, we kind of stepped out in faith and said, we think we have to go this way, let's go yeah. this way. And then once we stepped out and we hit the next place, we went, oh my gosh, yeah, we were right. Like, look, now we have to go this way. And so... Yeah. Um, and and not that not to say that everything we did was successful, but you know sometimes we would take a step in a direction, thinking, okay, this is a good way to go, and we would learn something along the way that even though 
we would end up shifting there's something we learned along that way that like for some reason we shifted direction and so yeah. it ended up being strategic even though we didn't have a set strategic plan yeah. from the beginning like I feel like in that way God helped us use everything that we were doing even though you know yeah and I think um I think sometimes especially in church I think people expect it to be very very clear and if well no if you don't hear the Lord then you can't go forward you know I don't right. want to go where you are in Lord and it's like well he's everywhere and he's inside you so you're okay yeah but I think people don't step out enough um and I think sometimes people can tend to be afraid and sit back because they're unsure and I'm not advocating for anyone to just up and quit their job and have no security and be right. like well you know I yeah. thought I should and it's like well you know you have to be you have to have wisdom when you do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I just lost my train of thought totally. That's okay. <laughs> it's just gone. It's, just <laughs> just, it's like, and out the window. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were saying how So people, on that note, people. People, people think they have to have a complete roadmap or a complete answer or a clear answer from Right, right, yeah. okay. Um, I'm going to leave that in, by the way, because I love it. <laughs> I swear there's a point to this. There is a resolve. I'm just not. Just let me walk it out. Let me talk it out. Um, no, I think that, um, you know, a lot of people ask, well, how did, you know, what's, what's the answer, you know, yeah. did God tell you or did you, did you stumble upon it? And I think honestly, I think a lot of it is walking by faith and a lot of it's hard work. Yeah. A yeah. lot of it is like Sheen said, like trial and error. Like yeah. we went and we did things and sometimes they didn't pan out, but yet they were valuable months later. They were had connections that had been made, even though we felt like, okay, well that we tried that and didn't work, but it in turn it did. Yeah. So I feel like it's not sitting back and waiting for an answer. It's okay, God, I'm not hearing you. I have the Holy Spirit, I'm praying about this, I have a relationship with you, yeah. I'm going to go away, and if it's not the right way, I know you're going to close the door, Absolutely. you're going to show me. Mm -hmm. But obviously, every turn we went, there kept being more turns after that, and we were going down a path, even though he wasn't telling us, go right, we were making a logical decision, yeah. and a, an intelligent yeah. decision to go right, Yeah. and we ended up making more connections and getting further down the road, and so I think yeah. a big key to it is, is having faith, which is yeah. really hard, yeah, um, and, and just, having hard, hard hard work ethic, and starting, just starting, yeah, just starting. Yeah. So yeah. many people sit and they're like, "Well, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, I talk to so many people, especially in, especially in church, that are like, well, 'Well, I'm thinking about doing this.' I'm like, "Why haven't you done it yet?' Uh, I don't know. I'm really thinking about starting <laughs> starting this blog. Or I really want to do this start. thing, just and it's start. like, yeah. well, when are you gonna? You know, you keep pushing off. When are you going to do it? Just do yeah. it. You yeah. know? Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of unintentional feet dragging. I think people want to wait until there's a bigger picture to jump in. But it's like... It gets clearer as you go. Yeah. Like yeah. you've got what to go to and then you see more and more yeah. and more. Yeah. I feel like oftentimes people spiritualize their fear. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm waiting yeah. on a word from yeah. God. Or there's yeah. a, a, a mistaken idea that if they hear a clear word from God, that means that they're destined to not have any problems yeah. it's going to yeah. be smooth yeah. sailing and that's yeah. actually not yeah. the way that it works and so um so you um you told me earlier that um, you really started to see a turn right around july mm -hmm. and so do you think it's true that from january to july not that you didn't have things happen during that time i know that you did you were booking uh weddings during that time as well um that all of the seeds that you planted in the first six months of the year in faith as you yeah. said that you took a uh took a step forward and you planted those in faith that everything just started to bloom after july is that it all started to bloom yeah <laughs> it was like we took a we took a 40 pound bag of wild seed and just threw it out into a field and left it to the elements and then all of a sudden like the spring and summer came We're like oh my gosh look at all the colors in the field like yeah. you know and so 
I think, you know, I, I think a lot of it we sewed a ton. Yeah. And hoping to get one or two in a return. And yeah. I feel like we ended up getting almost everything in return yeah. that we sewed, if not everything. And, and that's a crazy ratio, 100 out of 100. But, yeah. And I um, think it also takes time to build momentum. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there, there was, even before, you know, January of 2017, like we really spent the second, what, maybe like the last five months of 2016 like building the foundation and just getting yeah. getting things in, in order so that we can start you know go out and hit the road on 2017 making things happen mm-hmm. um so that time from I would say what January through June was just go. trying things making things happen starting to build momentum and then it started like rolling downhill yeah a little bit yeah so talk to me a little bit about, because I know that this year you guys, again, um, had many years in a successful business, successful career. This was really a shift and required, um, you know, a season of faith that, mm-hmm. that may have been new to you. But talk to me from last January where you were thinking, how are we going to fill up the schedule to today where you are almost entirely fully booked for next year? Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about how you manage um, your prayer life in like feast and famine, to use a to use a, an a overused analogy. What does that look like today versus a year ago? Um, so I think you know, thinking back to when it was more famine <laughs> and when we were, um, I think financially, you know, supported on the not to say it was a nest egg, but the provision the Lord had already provided. Yeah. Um, I, for me, I focused on remembering what he provided. Like yeah. focusing on the fact that, okay, you knew that this time was coming. Yeah. This is not a surprise to you. You knew I would be here financially. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he had already provided mm-hmm. up until that point yeah. for this now before I even knew it was coming um, meant that he he absolutely had a plan for what was coming after this. So, yeah. Um, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lament. I wouldn't think about, oh, you know, in in January, what am I gonna do about July? What am I gonna do about August? It was just, it's wasted energy. Mm-hmm. I focused on, okay, in January, I'm good for March. He knows what's coming down the pike. I'm gonna be good for April and May and June and July when that time comes. Yeah. Um. So it was just reminding myself of all the things that he's already provided prior to then, and all the ways he's just gone above and beyond. Yeah. Um. To take care of me in a thousand different other ways, even outside of financially. Um, and now I think that it's more of a feast <laughs> um, financially. It's it's just, um, I think just reminding ourselves of like how how quickly things turned. Yeah. Um, not to say it was easy, but um, financially, I think we are way ahead of where, financially and business-wise, we're way ahead of where we plan to be by the end of, of this year by the end of 2017 yeah and how does that change your prayer life because they say that there are tests um of our faith in feast and famine um that um in times of feast sometimes um we can be tempted to turn from god or we can be tempted to think that we did this all ourselves or we can you know things change a little bit and so i'm just curious about now where you are um again compared to uh compared to a year ago. What is your prayer life like today? Oh my gosh, I don't think either of us, I just don't think we have it in us to ever take credit for anything. I think even um, being, you know, having the the business solely in the very beginning of my self-employment, creating and founding the the business, I, I, people would ask me, strangers would ask me how you, you know, how the business is so successful. And I would always incorporate God because I knew, like, don't you dare take credit. Like, yeah. you, you are able-bodied and you are a hard worker, but this is favor on favor on favor. And so I think 
um, in even in the feast, I think we will always um, he will always be incorporated into our success story and always be incorporated into how fast the growth of the the new business and the new partnership actually happened. Um, because it wouldn't have happened without him. It's, it's, it's physically impossible, the things that have happened, the people we've met and the connections we've made um, and the places we're about to be going to, which is impossible if he wasn't a part of it. And so I think we're uh, very, very conscious of that every day. Um, I think there's also, um, when you're in a place financially where um, things are a little tighter, I think there's a lot, uh, there's almost a little bit of pressure to be selfish yeah. or to, um, Hold on tighter. Yeah, to hold on tighter to things. Mm. And I think um, I would look for ways to be generous in other in, through other ways, whether it, mm. if it's not financially being generous with my, with my time or service. Um, service or just other ways you can be generous and not, um, I guess, not like fast your generosity in that, in that time and know that um, there's going to be other times where you may be able to be more generous with your finances, but you don't have the time. Yeah. Or you don't, you can't serve as much as you'd like to. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just looking for other ways to, to hold on to that. Yeah. Um, that's great. So our time is, um, has gone. Um, but we do have, we always like to include what we call the final five, five questions designed to resource our listeners. And so, um, we get to, uh, we get, it's twice as good today because we're going to ask each of you, but um, what, other than the Bible, what is one book that has changed your life and why? Um, mine is an old one that I think was written in the 50s, um, but it's called Hind's Feet on High Places. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main character's name is Much Afraid. Uh-huh. Um, and she's got family members such as pride or jealousy or fear or um, sadness. Yeah. And uh, basically, it's about the shepherd calling her to the high places, and she says things like, I can't, I can't, um, yeah. I'm, I'm too afraid, I'm too scared. And just her journey climbing up the mountain, um, how her, her body started forming better. She had very, um, crip- she was crippled, she couldn't walk, so her helpers would carry her up. And the higher she went up the mountain, she encountered her family, like fear and sadness and regret and jealousy. And she had to overcome those things the higher she went in order to be with the shepherd. Um, but also on that journey, she her whole body transformed. And by the time she got to the top of the mountain, she was able to leap um, mm. from hilltop to hilltop. And so it's uh, there's a ton of metaphor and symbolism, yeah. and I loved it. Um, and it's an old one, but I related to it very, very much so. Yeah, that's awesome. How about you, Sheena? I think The Supernatural Ways of Royalty by Chris Valentin, um, just it shifted my mindset and understanding um, how, that we are royalty. We are the children of God. Yeah. Um, and not to say that in a prideful way, but as far as um, the expectations that you can have for yourself as far as conquering, conquering yeah. sin, conquering fear, conquering anxiety, yeah. um, and just the outlook, the way that it shifts your outlook on life, it just it blew my mind, and I love it. That's great. Yeah. And we'll include links to um, both of those books in the show notes. Uh, what is a podcast that you're listening to now and why? I would say anything. Don't steal mine. I know what you're going to say. Um, I think anything Sean Bolt's related. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the one you're going to say, but I'll let you have it. Um, I just think he's genius, and I think he's one of the coolest people alive, and I love the way um, God speaks to other people through him, and um, if we could all only achieve that level, it would be a very, very different world. Yeah. So. How about you, Sheena? I love um, the Liturgist podcast. I 
make Gina listen to it all the time. It's all amazing. Right. It's really incredible. It's they just, um, it's lots of conversations kind of surrounding faith and science and culture and very um, relevant, very relevant um, but tackling a lot of tricky, controversial, challenging topics, I think, through yeah. um, a lens of faith and, and just where God fits in all those things. That's great. What is your favorite Bible verse and why? My life verse for forever um, is and probably will be Matthew 6, 33, uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you mm. because it is the key to life. Like it yeah. is the key to everything. As long as you put God first, everything else will fall into place. Yeah. And it's kind of like, what more could you want? It is like, this is how, this is how you live a great life. Like yeah. put God first and don't worry about anything else. Everything else will fall into place. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I love Philippians 2.12, um, it's, and it's, it's 2.12 in like the next eight verses, um, but I, it's the one that says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's the Lord that works through you to continue to, uh, to will and to act according to his good purpose. Um, and I love that it says, like, do all things without grumbling or complaining, mm. um, so that you might be blameless, blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. Um, in which you will shine as stars as you hold out uh, the word of life. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love that because to me it's, it says that, you know, we are continue to continue to work out our salvation and that it's God that works in us. It's not you. It's not about you. It's not what right. you do. It's him that's working through you according to his purpose. Right. Um, and I love that it says, like, if you just focus on that, don't complain, don't, don't blame other people, don't, you know, yeah. don't gripe about it, but focus on on letting him work through you and you will shine in this generation. Like that's all you have to do. Yeah. And so I love that. It's really good. What's the best business advice you ever received? Gosh, I feel like mine's going to be so aggressive. Go for it. Um, honestly, with the mind of Christ <laughs> and, and the Holy Spirit and discernment, um, the best business advice I'd ever received from anybody is that there are no emotions in business. Hmm. Um, it, cloud your vision, it had you hold on to offenses, um, again within reason, yeah. um, but I've always tried to operate that way, um, allowing other people to um, use constructive criticism with me, yeah. um, but it is probably one of the best pieces of advice um, that I've gotten. Gina? Um, so surprisingly, I actually have not received a lot of business advice. Um, you know, I, I think that through my eight-year career in the magazine industry, I mean, I probably did receive advice, a lot of which I did not, I chose not to follow. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for, for good reason. And I think um, the one thing that I will say that I, business-wise, career-wise, I have always um, based my work ethic on is excellence. Mm -hmm. um, and I have just always operated with an understanding that if you work in excellence and you do all things um, to the best of your ability, whatever that yeah. looks like, um, that it will be blessed and that the Lord will, will bless it. Yeah. Um, and so from the smallest things to the biggest things, just working with excellence has always been the number one thing I've done, and I've never not seen it produce fruit. That's great. That's great. That's good. You're the good cop. I'm the bad cop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just established that. That's also how our business runs. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, what is one uh, bit of advice that you would give to somebody right now who needs encouragement? I would say don't put anything off any longer than you already have. Yeah. Um, if you have an idea, if you have um, just any kind of um, 
vision for yourself or um, any kind of creative idea that you want to go forward with or you want to start your own business or take steps like don't just if you work a full-time job I worked a full-time job and Mm. I worked on the weekends and I worked after that full-time job and I got to the point where I was like a rubber band being stretched in two different directions and I had to make I had to make a jump I had to make a decision and I did and I jumped towards self-employment and I founded the business Um, but work hard and don't say oh I'll do it tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow because you won't and it'll never happen and it will never happen if you want to start with it being perfect just do it make steps and and move forward slowly yeah just start yeah yeah great well Gina and Sheena thank you so much for joining the podcast today thanks for having thank you for having I'd like to thank my guests Gina Esposito and Sheena Meekins of Anae Atelier for joining me today. You can access the show notes for today's episode, as well as where to find Sheena and Gina online at dawnsadler.com slash Gina and Sheena. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sadler. To hear more conversations with Christians who are finding their purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also access past episodes, see our Conversations on Calling video series, and subscribe to the blog at donsadler.com. Have thoughts or questions about today's episode? Join the conversation by following me on Instagram at Don Sadler. Thanks for listening.